probably the most formidable opponent is our thinking. Sometimes I call it our stinking thinking. And so it's our stinking thinking, the old patterns that are really the root cause of procrastination. These mental barriers that we have can really limit us. They can paralyze us in a certain way. It's like we have irrational thoughts or irrational fears, unfound concerns about things in the future that haven't happened. Hi, welcome back to episode three. I'm excited to be here for another episode of Breaking the Silence Unmarked asking authenticity one conversation at a time. I'm your host, and today uh, we're diving deep into the heart of a challenge that plagues us at some point in time. It's an exciting topic, and that topic is procrastination. In this episode, I'm going to explore the psychology behind procrastination, but also dissect the failure cycle that often accompanies procrastination. And so by the end of the conversation, my hope for you is that you'll have some powerful insights into why we procrastinate or why you procrastinate and how we can break free from these patterns that lead to failure. So I want you to picture this wherever it is that you're listening to the podcast. Maybe it's in the car on the train to work or in between meetings or it could be at the gym somewhere where you're taken some time to take this in. And I just want you to imagine sitting in your current day job, day in, day out, and you're kind of feeling that stuckness, that staleness, that feeling trapped or a little bit dissatisfied with what's happening. Like you're in a job that pays the bills, but it really drains you. You've lost enthusiasm, you lost energy, and just you're a little bit sick and tired of being sick and tired. So, you know, your health might be suffering a little bit. You might be experiencing sleepless nights or, you know, finding it hard to stay asleep and are your mind racing all of the time. And these are common occurrences that happen for most people. Maybe your relationships are lacking that, uh, I don't know, that little bit of zing or that spark that they once had. It's as if you're really feeling stuck in a never-ending loop of sameness. It's holding you back, and you know that it's holding you back from your growth, your success, and just the life and just things that you truly desire. This is the cycle I often refer to as the mask. It's like it's an identity, an old identity, and we cling to it. It's the one that keeps us safe. It keeps us also stuck in the situations and we desperately want to change. Every time you try to break free of it, you find yourself like self-sabotaging and, and it's like your it's like your cells inside are polarized against all the effort that you're putting in for, for personal growth and transformation and making the change that you want to make in your life. This brings me to my first question. So the question is, why do we procrastinate? And why does the failure cycle really matter? Because these are the invisible chains, these chains that bind us to our old identities, and they prevent us from unmasking, you know, who we really are, our truth, our, our authenticity, and they also stop us from fostering our own growth, our own development. So over the time of working with a lot of people over a lot of years, I've kind of discovered that there's kind of four parts that make up this failure cycle. And the first one is excitement. So I'll give you an example of what excitement is. So all we need to do really is just think back to our um, New Year's Eve resolutions or our ambitions, you know, the goals that we set ourselves for the new year. Initially, we get excited. So kind of focus with things are going to be different next year and it's going to be better 
better than the last year and and I'm going to really tackle those new challenges. And so whether it's adopting, it could be a healthy lifestyle or changing a diet or going to the gym. It could be starting writing a book. I know that that's something that I'm passionate about and I speak to many people about as well. Or it could be just making a career change. It's like a surge of energy, a surge of light that kind of, you know, gives us momentum and propels us forward. But often as life demonstrates and we kind of, I think there's some statistics around this that the the New Year's resolutions maybe last as long as three weeks or, or, or maybe as little as three days. And it's because this initial enthusiasm kind of just, you know, the feeling of it is present, but as quick as you can get excited about the potential of making change, as quickly as that can disappear as well. And so we find ourselves facing a different reality, don't we? So the second phase is the avoidance phase. And so at this point in time, kind of really what pops up is the opportunity to avoid things and do something else. So we we know what we should be doing. We know what we ought to be doing. But some things they just kind of hold us back. And as we kind of make a step or uh, or make that change into day one, into day two, into day three, we start to step into a little bit of an un- unknown zone and things become a little bit harder. What kind of happens for us, maybe this is an unconscious thing as well, we actually prioritise other tasks. And by doing that, we just avoid confronting that unknown zone or those challenges or the obstacles in the road that have kind of come up the unknown things and this is really what stands between me or you and or us in achieving your goals and it's just really I suppose internally it's that that allure of staying within your comfort zone of what's known and what's familiar and kind of what's comfortable and what's predictable and this can be really overpowering and especially faced with that little bit of unknown zone or that little bit of uncomfortability or the discomfort of change. So thinking about that now, I'm wondering, I've got a bit of a question forming in my mind. So I'm just wondering, can you recall a time when your initial excitement gave way to avoidance? And if you can, what were the circumstances? What was happening in and around that time? And the next part of the question is, how did you navigate that? And as I'm thinking now, I'm just recalling a conversation I had with a client at some point in time where they had a deadline to actually submit a chapter for one of the books that they were co-authoring in. And when I asked them, you know, how they were going, have they have they hit that deadline? Their reply was, oh, I needed to do the lawns because the lawns needed doing and the next door neighbours had done their lawns and I needed to, you know, make sure that I kept up with them. So as this avoidance behavior kind of takes hold, this procrastination often follows suit. So I think sometimes people think about procrastination as that you're not doing something, but I look at it more as if if you've got something to achieve or if you've got something to accomplish at a certain point in time, procrastination is just doing something else. Now, we can get caught in the rabbit hole of social media and looking at our phones as well, can't we? I think that's a really common thing. So procrastination isn't that you're not doing anything, you're just you're doing some action some behavior that's not aligned to what you set yourself up to do. So what that kind of leads to is just delaying the things that we need to do. We put them off and this mask, this delay, we kind of concoct a web of excuses and these excuses are like a shield against 
facing the tasks or the actions or the things that we should be doing or the things that we should be addressing. I'm just thinking many times in my life where I've done this myself, and and I'm sure that as you're listening to the podcast that if you're really tuning into this, you can probably imagine times when you've done this yourself. I'm sure that you can relate. So in considering all of that, I'm just wondering where you found yourself in situations where you've kind of come up with or resorted to making excuses and delaying important tasks and responsibilities. And and what were they that you did? You know, what excuses did you come up with? So now, you know, once we've mastered where we get excited, we avoid things, we have excuses, we lead into the fourth phase being blame. And unfortunately, this happens everywhere, you know, and it happens when we fall short of our goals. You know, the blame game, that that happens as a consequence of falling short of our goals. And instead of taking responsibility and owning it for ourselves, we deflect blame onto things outside of ourselves, like external circumstances, like I just mentioned before, you know, whether it's the time or the traffic or, you know, or it's other people. And this kind of becomes like a defense mechanism. And really what we're shielding is our own self-esteem from the harsh reality of our own role in our own failure. And I think that's the key is that self-reflection, is that accountability, because it seems that our days are going faster and faster and faster and time is just kind of speeding up. And I think we just get locked into this habit and locked into this pattern of not pausing for a moment, not taking the opportunity to listen to our thinking, to ground ourselves and kind of stop to anchor in and really feel into or see into what's actually happening right at that point in time, being busy when we're not really being productive or we're not really taking responsibility for for our actions. Okay, so now that we've uncovered those four phases of the failure cycle, where the first one is excitement, the second one is avoidance, the third one is excuses, and the fourth one is blame. I want to delve a little bit more into the root causes of procrastination and explore a little bit more about how they manifest in our life. So the number one thing that comes up is people set the wrong goals. If they set goals at all, they'll set goals that are way too above what they can achieve. And what happens is when they set goals that are way too big. I think really what happens is they're setting these goals that aren't aligned with their true values, the true things that they want, the things that are important for them, the things that they desire the most. And there's this external influences from society and all of the pressures that can kind of lead us astray to having the bigger and the better things. And this misalignment creates this inner turmoil, this inner conflict, and it really makes it difficult to find motivation to continue with the goals. Now, the other part of the goal setting is setting goals that are too small. There's a fine line between setting goals that are big enough that stretch us, they're a little bit uncomfortable, that we need to kind of break down into bite-sized chunks to kind of do, and setting goals that just help us to conform being inside of the comfort zone to address the root cause. Once again, it just comes back to that self-reflection, taking some time to understand you, what drives you, what motivates you, you know, what are your core values? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, what are your beliefs? If you stop for a moment and if you really want to understand what your unconscious thoughts are, you just have to stop for a minute, listen internally and just eavesdrop on the dialogue that comes up. 
And I think that's where the self-awareness really comes in. And I think that can help you to create or select better goals that that resonate with who you really are, you know, your your authentic self. The next part, part two, would be not having a clear focus. So even with the right goals in mind, we need to have a target. We need to have a direction. We need to direct the mind in a specific way. And so even if we have the right goals, but we're not really clear, if it was a dartboard, how can you throw the dart and actually hit the dart? And so when we lack clarity, we're unable to focus on the task ahead. And and, and that really hinders, that really stops, that really gets in the way, that really kind of sabotages our progress. And I think this is a really important one, having clarity not having focus and without that clear picture you know just think about it now inside of your mind if you don't have a clear picture of what you really want to achieve you're going to be lost inside your mind you're going to be lost in a sea of distractions and it could be social media and looking at your phone getting caught in conversations it could be the tv it could be just rambling on for the point of rambling on and that's because we're not clear with our vision And when we don't have that focus, it really is a massive problem. So it's really crucial to be crystal clear, to have a vision of your goals. And then once you have a vision of your future and you can kind of have this clarity inside with a focus on that in breaking down the actionable steps based on that end result, then you can start to prioritize things. But I would suggest only one or two things at a time because the brain can't take on too many more steps. And we have so many things that we need to do in our in our day-to-day when you think about it. And that's what creates this lack of clarity. The famous saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So having to-do lists can be good or can be bad, but I I actually think that we never actually complete that to-do list. It just gets longer and longer and longer, and we think by having it, we actually tick it off. So without a well-defined plan of action, even if it's messy action, I think messy action is better than no action. So without this defined plan, even the best intentions can lead to procrastination. So a little thing that I like to do, and I know I'm a busy person, and I'm sure that you are all busy people as well, is just the night before, I just kind of think about what my next day might look like and all the things that I want to accomplish. I kind of look at setting some intentions of how I'd like to see that and how I'd like to feel that, you know, the intention of for the next day, and then just write down three things or three actions that I need to do the night before. And let's say specifically before you go to bed, it's the last thing that you're telling your brain to do. So whilst you sleep, your unconscious mind is kind of figuring all that out. So in the morning, you're actually jumpstart your day. You're way ahead of most people who don't plan at all or the night before or even in the next day. So that's something that maybe you want to consider doing. And just starting with those small manageable tasks that are aligned to the specific outcomes and gradually what will happen is you'll feel better about yourself you'll start getting more done you'll pick up more momentum and as i said remember messy action is better than taking no action at all ah so this brings me to number four the mental barriers and probably the most formidable opponent is our thinking sometimes i call it our stinking thinking and so It's our stinking thinking, the old patterns that are really the root cause of procrastination. It's the mental barriers. These mental barriers that we have can really limit us. They can really paralyze us in a certain way. It's it's like we have irrational thoughts or irrational fears or irrational beliefs, unfound concerns about things in the future that haven't happened. And 
It's this concern, this energy that we put towards all of these limitations that in the past may have been true, but in the present moment aren't. They actually serve as a purpose, don't they, really, to keep us inside of that comfort zone. And what that does is it really overrides our desire to take action. So just think about your mental barriers. It's the stories that you tell yourself. And we all tell ourselves stories. I think the statistics say it's something like the average person has somewhere between 60 to 90,000 thoughts a day. And 95% of those thoughts that we're having now are based on the past days or the past experiences. So to overcome these mental barriers, these boundaries, these limitations, we really must engage internally, consciously of listening and eavesdropping on the thoughts, on those loop of thoughts that are coming up. So that way, what you can do is you can challenge the things that aren't aligned, the thoughts, the thoughts that aren't aligned to the actions, to the outcomes that that you want. And you can disrupt the old pattern of thinking because the brain has to answer the questions that you ask it. If you're listening to your inner thoughts and you're disrupting those old thoughts that don't serve you anymore, that you've just become aware of, you can ask really different and quality questions that will disrupt that old thought and give you the opportunity to think in new and different ways. And this is a very, very powerful way to confront our old beliefs, or you may have heard the term limiting beliefs, you know, confronting our fears or those feelings, the things that light us up deep inside that keep us stuck. The other things I think of is get some support, you know, get in, a, you know, find a group of people that think in a like-minded way, find a mentor or find a coach, you know, find a therapist, find someone that you can bounce your ideas off, you can become accountable to. And the reason why I'm saying that is because if we could do this for ourselves, then we would. And so my question is then why, why don't people just do this? Because it takes a discipline and it takes the focus and it takes a lot of energy and effort to be aware consciously of our unconscious thoughts, but it is a really powerful process. And by identifying these root causes, our thoughts, our old thoughts, those old beliefs, this can really lead to helping you to break through, breaking free of the clutches of procrastination, so to speak, and the failure cycle. It, this is the mask that we're taking off, the mask of the old identity, the mask of who we used to be not who we want to become. And, and so I think it's important to think about who we want to become and, and talk to ourselves in the means of that person or that identity that we want to create. And remember that the personal development journey is ongoing. Self-awareness is really the key to lasting change. I know for myself, 25 years of being in this industry, I'm still learning. I still have coaches. I still do courses. I love learning new things about myself. I love learning new ways of challenging myself. And that really comes down to a real precision in the way that we capture those inner thoughts and a precision in asking the right questions to disrupt the old pattern that will direct us on the pathway towards our goals and desires and things that we want to achieve. Taking that all on board as much as you can, how can you break free of this failure cycle that will unmask this authentic you? Sure, it's going to open up to a new space, to a potential space of rawness, freshness, vulnerability. How can you break free from it and overcome procrastination?
the brain itself is looking for things that are familiar for things that are the same for things that are predictable but really everything outside and around us changes and i think a massive problem that we all experience at some time or another or most days more than other days is a fixed way of thinking or having an idea and then making the decision of how these things are going to happen but the key really to breaking free from the chains of the past the patterns the processes is breaking free or having that breakthrough and breaking the failure cycle conquering procrastination taking off the old mask creating the new identity consistency is the key now here's a little term that i've heard a lot trust the process but if you can use them as opportunities and opportunities for learning and growth that will really help in cultivating a really great and a, and a growth mindset so you know embrace the challenges the challenges really are just opportunities to learn and evolve you know they're the things that come up that are, are the changes in how we kind of perceive things to be so you know just allow yourself to stay open to new opportunities to stay open to new experiences and just be resilient in the faces of them so just kind of do it anyway even though things may have changed to how you thought that they needed to be i'm thinking now maybe the key takeaway is to really embrace change to focus on that inner transformation allow yourself to take action do it consistently and you can break free of the past you can break free of the chains you can take off the old mask you can break free from the failure cycle you can overcome procrastination and this is the journey of unmasking authenticity this is the journey that personal growth holds it holds like a promise for a more fulfilling satisfying desirable liberated life as we close the curtain on episode three breaking the silence unmasking authenticity one conversation at a time i i want to leave you with that reminder that reminder for you so I, I just desire and i really want my want for you is that this podcast becomes a safe place a safe place for sharing a safe place for experiencing and exploring vulnerability a safe place for healing a safe place for growth a safe place for expansion for you and for me and for everyone who's walking on the planet so in the next episode in episode four i'll be interviewing i'll have the honor to interview my first guest best-selling author my beautiful wife the love of my life my soulmate kim hyde where she'll be sharing her story of unmasking authenticity and so i'm really excited that um, kim has said yes to joining the podcast and uh, on, on episode four and sharing her story